Greetings again. This is Chris from We Hate Bards, and I am here with myself and nobody else, because we're going to be doing another uh, solo RPG today. Uh, I have it right here in my hands. Uh, I actually backed a number of solo RPG games recently via uh, Kickstarter, uh, and this was one of them that came uh, in the mail just recently. I have another couple ones over there on the shelf uh, that I'm going to be getting to eventually, including one that I just recently purchased, which is going to be a, a very long series, but to be continued on that. So for this one, it's called um, Hibernation Games, Five Journaling RPGs for Solo Play, and it has a wonderful polar bear involved in some kind of occult ritual on the front with a scroll or something like that. So uh, there is a number of games in here, um, including uh, The Thaw, Life of a Scroll, Drawing Dead, Trapped Inside a Gelatinous Cube, and I Love You, Alive Girl. Uh, but we today are going to be playing uh, the first one, well not the first one, but the first one we're going to play here is uh, Life of a Scroll by Lucian Khan. Uh, there is the one, The Thaw, on here in this thing and it is looks like a really really cool game uh but it involves ice cubes uh lots of time though because you have to let the ice cubes melt while you're journaling and playing so this could be pff, four or five hours long uh which is not kind of we're gonna do here because you know you wait for the ice cubes to melt and kind of you do stuff while that happens and kind of contemplate we just don't have, you know, we don't want to listen to f five hours of me uh, scratching around on a piece of paper, but it looks really, really cool. So, but we're going to uh, skip over to like kind of Life of a Scroll, which I believe it is, you take on like a, a spell scroll. So, uh, so yeah, so let's read like a little introduction here. So in a classic fantasy games, adventurers keep finding scrolls containing magic spells. Well, what is it like to be the spell scroll? It's always hero this and hero that. But how does the scroll feel? <laughs> Time to find out. Well, there you go. Um, in Life of a Spell Scroll, you'll be, created, uh, you'll be created by a witch, purified, enchanted with three spells, ooh, stolen by a bandit, hidden in a dungeon, found by an adventurer, used in combat, and discarded. As humans don't know that you can think and feel. To play this game, um, you'll perform ritual acts, uh, tape paper to your body, interpret tarot cards, um, and write in a journal. Life of a Spell Scroll is a story with a fixed narrative structure, three possible endings, and many options for character development. The mood alternates between comedy and tragedy, and the genre is Kafka-esque fable. Okay, so you'll need one adult player, right here, about uh, one to three hours, depending on how much you write. Um, and I won't actually be uh, physically writing out everything. I'm going to be probably taking some notes and at the same time kind of talking this out just to kind of keep my thoughts in process um, so you know you aren't, you know, sitting here listening to me scratching on this. Four index cards is something to write with. Ooh, I didn't know about the index cards. Do we have index cards here in the studio? We do have index cards here in the studio. Oh, we got a, uh, got a bunch of them. Woo! Oh, even better. Even better. I just saw something from across the room. Come here. Come here. Come here. What's better than an index card that you have to tape to your body? Sticky notes. Package of sticky notes that I've gotten from who knows where, but uh, they're in the studio, so we're going to use those instead. Scotch tape. Sticking already included. A journal, physical or electronic, for recording the story. I've got a journal right here in front of me. Um... Any tarot deck with complex energy or a free tarot app such as Labyrinthos. Oh, interesting. Other oracle decks besides tarot may work. Um, matches or a lighter and a fire safe bowl, optional. Well, we're going to go with optional for this part of the thing. A sinker bowl of water, optional. Um, which we're going to stay on the optional for the fire stuff and the water stuff. I don't think we need to do that today. Uh, but we don't have a tarot deck which is very very surprising um that i don't have a tarot deck considering i have uh a ton of call of cthulhu-esque props lying around and things like that you would think that was something that i would have but i do not surprisingly um hmm what could we use instead hey what are you over here come this way i have uh, my old magic card sets Okay, so what do we got here? We got a, what, a, what is this, black stuff? Yeah, why not? All right, so I got a big stack of old magic cards. Looks like my old 
black deck. So we'll see if we can't uh, do it with that in favor of actual having a tarot deck. Okay, so. Uh, so fictional use of tarot and ritual acts, talking about um, you can use that, substitute something else if you want to skip that, if it's a little bit more part of um, your actual uh, faith and things. Uh, existential horror. You'll be playing an inanimate object that can be created, destroyed, altered, stolen, used, bought, sold, etc. This objective is both funny and intellectually emotional interesting, but can also be alarming. Other than the usual point of view, uh, the content of this game is typical for a fantasy adventure. Nevertheless, some players may find that pretending to be an object and consumed or, or used reminds them of trauma, exploitation, or fear of death and cause distress. If you will enjoy pretending to be a sentient item with almost no agency, this game is a bad fit. Be kind and honest with yourself and stop playing if you begin to feel unwell. This story may end badly. It's inspired by Kafka. Well, yes, uh, the Kafka stories usually end pretty badly um, for the various protagonists or, you know, it's, it's a series of kind of no agency, you don't have choices, bad things happen to you, you're at the mercy of some kind of horrible bureaucracy. So, playing the game. So, journal entries should uh, be between one sentence and two paragraphs. Um, write in the first person from the perspective of the spell scroll. If you're writing something you've learned about another character, explain how you, the spell scroll, found this out. Okay. So, interpreting the tarot card. Spell scrolls experience a range of mental states and deal with life's challenges um, through different narrative moods, such as mo uh, different narrative moods at different moments. As you draw upright or reverse tarot cards, the story's mood will alternate between comedy and tragedy. Okay, so I'm just going to take like half this deck here. I'm going to shuffle it up. I'm going to shuffle the magic deck. Okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter, uh, but I'm just kind of shuffling it up to kind of, um, you know, reverse things around a little bit. Okay, so this is the deck I'm going to be using. Boom, right there. Okay, so if the cards are upright, that means it's a comedy and it's funny. If they are reversed, then it is a tragedy. Okay, all right, so we'll kind of remember that. You'll write about both uh, fortunate and unfortunate events in both comic and tragic moods to reflect your flip-flopping outlook and emotional state. When you get a comedy card, answer the prompt humorously or ironically, as if you're relating a joke, absurd antidote, she shanty, farce, slapstick routine, etc. Sometimes it's a defensive emotional strategy for coping with hardship. Uh, when you get a tragedy card, answer the prompts earnestly if you're dealing with a serious drama, adventure, epic, lament, etc. Okay. Interpreting the content. You have two options. You may adopt one method for the entire game or alternate between methods throughout play. Okay. By the image, look at the picture on the card. Use object or symbols that you are staring uh, as your starting point for the storytelling. By the book. Use the booklet that came with your tarot deck. Online info or your knowledge of tarot to uh, look up traditional meanings of the cards. Use keywords for the meaning of starting point to inspire your storytelling. Okay. I know very little uh, of, about like uh, images and stuff of like tarot, so I am going to be just using the magic cards. Um, I mean, they've all got pictures on them. So... Yeah, so after you use a card, place it uh, in the, into the side and don't reshuffle into the deck. Okay, you just can't win. The tarot cards are here to help inspire creativity. Don't worry much about whether you're not doing it right. Instead, focus on telling an interesting story. As in Fables of Kaffa, there's no way to win the game. Exactly. You know, you're you know, you're going to turn into a giant uh, insect cockroach type thing. Okay, so, so draw three cards. All right, so this is the beginning of the story. So we have, uh, here, I'm going to put this like that so I can read it. Okay, so we got the witch, beginning of the story. So I'm going to draw three cards. I'm, I'm going to actually pick them from the middle of the deck so I don't see how they're doing. Okay, three cards. The witch, who, okay, so draw three cards face down, A, B, and C. Reveal one card at a time and write a journal entry for the prompt revealing the next card. Interesting. Okay, so. The witch who created you lives an unusual life. You're reading about, um, and it has like three A, B, and C. So I guess I turn over a card and I use this to kind of get a prompt. So let's title this The Witch. Okay. Uh, all right. And so A, uh, the witch who will create your, uh, create your lie. My goodness. What a tongue twister. The witch who will create your your, you create you lives an unusual life. My goodness, that took hard to get out. You're reading about it now because you they stored you uh, with their journal. If the witch hadn't learned magic, who would which would have been instead? Describe the secular life they gave up to learn magic. Uh, what's your opinion of their choice? Okay, so I get to turn over a card. 
Oh, okay. So it's a it's a it's a card full of like little gremlin things, and uh, and they have like little gears and things. They're Phyrexian gremlins. Okay, so let's take a look at this picture and decide what uh my little witch friend would be. I would say, and it looks like some kind of desert scene. Okay, so my witch was named um let's say her original name was Martha. Martha. And this is before she became like, uh, you know, some other witchy name. So Martha actually kind of lives in the desert. So she lived in kind of, uh, you know, probably a desert community. Yeah. Yeah. Desert community. Uh, she was, uh, you know, part of probably some type of, uh, tr uh like traders, uh, like they traded in uh, metal, um, like swords, gears, anything metal. So like metal traders. And uh, her father wanted her to kind of uh, take up uh, the business of, of, of like metal trading as he was getting on in years and wanted to pass it on to her. Um, and if she would have uh, taken over it, um, actually Martha is very... Uh, very ruthless and and savvy, um, so she would have expanded uh, her, you know, metal trading thing to become uh, one of uh, the most wealthy uh, people, uh, kind of in that area, and would have expanded kind of her reach far beyond, uh, you know, a normal. Uh, trader merchant, you know, like uh, like a, like the like the merchants of like you know old style like Venice, where you know they had a lot of money, so they could influence politics and things because you know basically they had the cash. So she would have had like tons of money, um, you know, influencing politics, and eventually she would get into she would she would um you know kind of get into politics and uh you know use that money to kind of s support her as kind of she she muscled into kind of. A world of uh, kind of ruthless, uh, um, patriarchal, uh, like political games. Okay, yeah. So that's what she would have done, but she became a witch instead. So how did the witch fall in love with magic? And this is the second card. So all right, let's flip this over. Uh, and so, and that's kind of a comedy thing. So let's see. Uh, and this is also kind of a, you know, a comedy thing. So actually the, the witch, you know, she was part of kind of this metal trading business with her father and she really didn't like it and you know, thought it was boring. Um, until one day she found a, uh, like a little metal, like like a like a like a disc, almost. It looks it looked like a gear. That's why her father had picked it up. It had like these edges, but you know, it didn't really seem to be used for anything, and it was too thin to actually be a, you know, uh, a gear of some sort. But she did find out after her father ordered her to kind of clean it up, you know, get it ready for sale. She wanted to that it had this writing on the outside. Um, uh, and after she kind of, you know, read it, she felt like this, this surge of energy. Uh, and actually, uh, she used that spell and it actually caused her father's, uh, like eye colors to turn a different color. So they were brown and now they turned blue. Uh, and she thought that was, uh, hysterical. Um, and, you know, people thought that, like, something had happened to him, that he had, that he was bewitched or had something. So his father, you know, got all these um, different types of, uh, you know, healers and things to come because they thought he was possessed by a ghost. Uh, you know, and this went on for a couple months uh, before the magic faded. And she finally, uh, you know, came back and, uh, you know, after her father spent an enormous amount of money trying to heal himself. And she thought this was uh, hilarious uh, because of, you know, because, you know, she, she didn't have a really great relationship with her father. He was like, ordering her around. And like this, this sense that she had some type of um, control or power over the situation um, through this magic. And that's how she got into it. Okay, so how did magic betray the witch? Okay, this is upside down. Uh, yeah. Uh, and it is a grouping of skulls. Okay, and a woman looking very scared. All right. Okay. So how she, how the the witch, the magic betrayed her, um, is actually she was in love with uh, uh, another another witch after she kind of left like her father's uh, business um, after she met someone who could train her in the arts. 
uh, and you know, in in how the, the the camp worked or like the training worked is like you know, one witch would have a uh, like multiple other kind of almost the disciples that she would kind of train up uh, in magic, and there was a number of them, and she um, you know. Uh, basically fell in love with another one of kind of these uh other witches and these witches were also they were it's like yeah they were getting training but they also were kind of competing with each other um for more knowledge and more time and so it was this very kind of uh cutthroat kind of atmosphere um and one day she decided to uh and do a do a spell uh, uh like kind of a very um like minor spell against um let's call her um um let's call her Agnes. Yeah, Agnes. Um, so she tried to cut, you know, she, it, it wasn't meant to like hurt her or harm her. Uh, it was just make basically meant to her to be afraid. Uh, so what she did is she cast this very small, like kind of fear spell, but she uh, overdid it a bit. Um, and in that, uh, fear spell, she caused Agnes to basically freak out and, and, and run. Uh, and she was running so fast that she kind of ran through the forest uh, before he was able to get to her and she ended up running kind of off a cliff uh you know and basically falling into the ocean uh and, and basically she thinks dying and there's no body of her recovered but thinks she died um and and you know she was devastated by this and she felt like uh all the control she had over this magic and the things she did uh was all kind of like taken away from her that like to you know she didn't have control anymore. She wasn't able to do this. And so she she basically kind of, uh, I wouldn't say freaked out, but she doubled down on her studies, enabling herself to be like a better, better witch, you know, how like she just pushed everything else out and like just focused on kind of, you know, gaining that control back over magic because she thought it had betrayed her. Okay, so, so yeah, so that's the life of the witch. And so that's a little bit of this. So now the scroll part. Okay, so scroll. Um, uh, okay, so the purification. So we're not going to do that because we have a thing, but you just wash your hands and face and say, the witch purifies me. I am a blank canvas. So that'd be me as the scroll saying that. So draw four cards. Of, draw four cards uh, face up. Okay. Okay, so face up. Okay. 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 All right. Last one. Interesting. Okay. These cards represent the title of the of the scroll and the three magic spells they contain. You are about to create a physical scroll on your body with four index cards. Um, using the image. Oh, so this is where this comes in. Okay. So using the image or word on the tarot card D. Okay, that's the first one. Uh, in, uh, to inspire the title of your scroll, like the title of a mysterious book. For example, if the card contains the image of a red bird, you could title the scroll Red Bird Magic. While the title of the index card and tape it to your body, uh, so uh, the long way, so the tape is only at the top of the paper and the bottom of the paper is hanging loose. Okay, like a uh, one of these guys. So next, name the three magic spells and describe in your journal what each will do if someone casts it. The next three spells are inspired by tarot cards E, F, and G, which is the other three I picked up. If you get stuck, try, try naming the spell after the tarot card itself or the elements from its imagery. Be creative with this, but remember that each spell can only be cast once. Finally, write the spell's name on its on its own index card. Um, there is no need for these spells to match the title of the scroll and theme or content. Their connection can remain mysterious. When you have all three spells, tape the paper with spell E to the bottom of the paper, the soul at the bottom of that, bottom of that, bottom of that. Okay, okay, so like a chain of, so you basically tape them down just like you would with a sticky note, just kind of putting them on. Okay, so from your body, you can tape the scroll anywhere in your body as long as you can still see, write, walk, and draw cards, shoulder, chest, and stomach all work well. If you need to take a break during the game or between the game sections, you can remove the scroll, put it back down, and resume playing later. Okay. Now stand up and say, uh, okay, so, all right, so I need to do this. So what is the magic? So the first name of the scroll uh, is going to be, and it's, it's, a, it's a swamp card from Magic the Gathering. So let's just call it, let's just call it, uh, you know, let's call uh, swamp, swamp death magic. Very easy. Keep, keep it simple. So swamp de death magic. All right, so I'm just going to put this guy in my chest here. Gotcha. All right, Swamp Death Magic. All right, second one is also a swamp, but it's kind of up. 
um, and it's going to be, uh, you know, it's a more comedy. So let's say, let's say, uh, let's say, uh, transform. Uh, let's see, transform what? Uh, uh, transform water to sludge. To sludge, and it does just what it it says. Transform to a poisonous sludge. Okay, so then I tape this, I guess, to the bottom of this card right here. Okay, tape. All right, done. Okay, uh, and the next one uh, is a plague rats. Okay, uh, which has got like a really super gross looking rat that's all like kind of diseased and stuff. Uh, so let's let's do the scroll uh, wasting disease. Yeah, that's a good one. Wasting disease. All right, so take this to the bottom of the other scroll on my chest here. All right, there we go. And then the last one has a has a thrall wizard. Okay, and he's got he got his hand off with like some claw hands and something on his face. Um, let's say, ooh, let's see, it will be uh, ooh. let's see, how about uh, yeah, he looks kind of gross. Let's say, let's say uh. Monstrous, monstrous transformation. Transformation. Okay. Okay, so in describing your journal, each one will do when you cast it. Okay, so let's go down the thing. So alright, so so water to sludge. I mean that's that's basic. It it creates uh turns a a, a large uh, turns a, a bunch of water into a, a poisonous sludge. That's all it does. Um, then we got wasting disease. Ooh, that is going to it causes someone to immediately get a disease where their where their skin rots, um, and falls off in chunks. Ugh. Ugh. Okay. Like you know, it's like super leprosy. All right. Um, and then uh, monstrous transformation. All right, that's the good one. Uh, it turns you into a, a hideous. Uh, um, a hideous monster that is, uh, uh, let's see, what, what, what else will it do? That can be commanded by the caster. Yeah. Okay. So that's what those do. All right. So then I'm supposed to stand up and say, the witch enchants me. I am a spell scroll. I'm a spell scroll. Look at me. I got three. I got the scroll stuff. Okay. So answer this question in your journal. Why did the witch decide to create you? Uh, what were they planning to do with these uh, three spells before they were stolen? How did they? How do you feel about their plans for you? Okay, so so the wish enchanted me. So, um, okay, so let's turn the page over. Let's get a new page going here. So, why did the witch do this? Why did the witch create me? Okay, so so there are a bunch of like you know crazy bad spells. Um, uh, uh, okay, okay, yeah. So, because she, this, I would say the witch created me at a time near the end of her career where she was looking to amass a bunch of money because um, she was looking towards um, not retirement, but like she was looking to bigger and better rituals and doing like really powerful things, which caused a lot of money. Um, you know, basically she had to grease people's hands to get certain magical items and things. So, this scroll was created. Uh, why? It was created on demand for a necromancer. Not a very good necromancer, because a good necromancer creates his own scrolls. But for a necromancer that, you know, had a lot of... Basically, um, when I say necromancer, I mean aristocrat in training uh, for necromancy, who had a lot of money on his hands. Um, so she made this scroll for him, paid a lot of money for it. So that's why... Um, and what were they planning to do with the scrolls? Well, obviously, he was planning uh, to practice his necromatic arts. Uh, you know, he was a like a just a dirt bag of a, a nobility. You know, the kind that would like kidnap peasants so he could perform like necromatic rituals on them, ruled by fear, all this type of stuff. So, I mean, he didn't even know what was on these scrolls. He just basically said like, "I want you to give me some necromatic scrolls um, in order to be real, like you know, evil magic, so I can practice on people." And she said kind of like whatever, and she just basically you know looked in her book the easiest uh, you know spell she could do, and boom, made the scroll. Here you go. So that that's you know that's the only reason why no real big reason he just wanted you know the kind of to to you know practice that necromancy and get better but he, he really had no like pra like you know in depth understanding of magic uh and 
Let's see. What were they planning to do is we were stolen. How do they feel about their plans for you? Um, I would say my scroll is not feeling great. Um, he has a bunch of really bad magic on them that does bad things. He doesn't want to be a bad scroll. Um, he doesn't want to be a bad person. He's like, after he's created, he's like, I don't, wait a minute. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be used for evil necromancy on, on peasants. I want to, I want to, I want to do something else. I want, I want to, I want to help people. I don't want to turn them into monsters. Um, but he really can't do anything, uh, cause he's a scroll or can't talk to anybody. So he was wrapped up and then, uh, sent off to be, uh, live his life with a bandit. Okay. So like the next one is, uh, the bandit. Okay. So let's just get these guys packaged up over here. Okay. So draw three cards face down. Boom. 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 Uh, reveal one card at a time and write a journal entry for the prompt. Reveal the next card. Okay. So I got stolen by a bandit, basically kind of on delivery. So the bandit who stole you lives an unusual life. You're reading about it now because they stored you with their journal. If they hadn't started stealing treasure, who would the bandit have been instead? Describe the lawful life they gave up to start stealing treasure. What's your opinion of the life they chose? Okay. All right. So, ooh, and it's a it's an upside down one, and it is a a frozen shade. So it's kind of a tragic story. Okay. So, all right. So the bandit. So so who would he be if he didn't start stealing? Okay. Okay. So I would say the bandit. Let's see here. So he started out the life not as a bandit, uh, but uh, basically his life was upended because of uh, uh, kind of a monster um, that took over the body of uh, his sister. Uh, and like wouldn't let it go as some type of evil spirit that had consumed her and her parents couldn't afford the medicine so he began stealing uh to get a to get like money to be able to afford kind of the very very expensive uh potions and concoctions that would cure her and eventually he was cured but uh you know at the same time uh you know he decided that like he liked stealing and like doing this and like taking from people he really liked it you know so that would be like kind of where his life is now so if he hadn't started seeing the treasure let's say that um you know uh you know the the, the creature never uh, possessed his sister's body so um he would have basically lived a life on a small farm um, tending to kind of, you know, a small, like, acreage of land, becoming a peasant. Um, he would have married a small girl down, down, like, down the lane who he'd known for a while and kind of, you know, grown up in this very, very small village, uh, you know, and kind of basically lived his life in obs obs obscurity, um, instead of becoming a bandit, uh, that all got set in motion by this, like, evil, uh, you know, shade-looking creature. Okay. So that was so that's what he would have been, uh, but now he likes to steal, and he does steal because not because he wants to get rich, but he says that, but he steals because he enjoys stealing from people, uh, and he likes to take things. He likes the rush. He's like an adrenaline junkie, and nothing is better than you know taking something that doesn't belong to you. So what? So the second part is, um, what is the debt? Uh, the bandit must pay off by selling you what uh and what will uh and what will be the consequences they can't pay Ooh, okay so okay it's a swamp so and it's a like a little lighter colored swamp okay so um so so basically uh he the the the, the bandit has uh you know a, a enormous amount of debt because you know he basically broke into a uh you know, uh, some type of wizard's laboratory and was going to steal a bunch of magic items, uh, but he got caught, uh, and the wizard basically cast a spell on, over him, and the spell, uh, basically it's, you know, it's like a monthly payment type of a thing that, like, every month he has to pay money, uh, a pretty sizable amount to the wizard, um, otherwise, um, you know, uh, he will be forced um, to drown himself in a body of water. Um, 
against his will and he feels himself near the end of the month if he hasn't paid up to like start hanging around more bodies of water being drawn to there um which has him incredibly incredibly scared so he's kind of almost desperate now to like steal anything get his hands on he's being more reckless because the amount of money that he needs to pay to the wizard is like almost astronomical every month uh you know he's just just getting by so um yeah and the consequences are pretty dire he'll be dead so but before the bandit can sell you they encounter a danger and hide you in a dungeon full of monsters dig up again later you hear the dangerous events unfolding outside the sack area but you can't quite see what's happening uh, what information have you pieced together about the danger? Do you know if the bandit survived? How do you feel about this turn of events? Okay, so this one is, it is a bossle throw. It's like this gross little creature. Let me see here. It's a gross little creature. Um, yeah, ew, it's super juicy. It's got like, uh, you know, like little light things going down. It's like dripping. Okay, so... So, yeah, so basically the bandit, um, you know, I stole the scroll, uh, you know, from whomever the witch gave it to to transport. She probably didn't care. She probably just paid like a, you know, mercenary company or something to deliver it out. So he stole the scroll in the middle of the night. Um, he's traveling through the forest, thinking about like who he can sell this to because getting near the end of the month, um, you know, and he encounters, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically a group of uh, like these really gross looking troll type things they're smaller than normal trolls um but you know they live near a swamp so they're all like kind of wet they're like called swamp trolls um you know and he's and he's kind of you know they basically spot him and so and they have a bad habit of uh eating anything um not just people but stuff as well uh so so what he does um is he takes his uh like adventuring gear he has like pots and pans and he tosses it on the ground um and they rush forward and start eating the metal and all this stuff and he rushes off uh knowing he's bought him just a little bit of time he stashes it in there um uh you know and and you know he, he's, he's like oh, he's like oh no like you know, like swamp trolls like you hear throwing all this stuff down you hear him running huffing then you hear him like pack like packing it and you hear some uh, like like you know yelling outside um like screaming um you know it sounds sounds of maybe like fighting and then there's uh you know there's a lot of you know like moving around and then there's kind of uh you know he can't quite tell if it's silence if, if the bandit got away and now they're eating the remains of kind of stuff he threw down or if he's actually eating the bandit he's not quite sure so the whatever happened to the bandit Nobody knows. I mean, he could be dead or he could be getting eaten by the swamp trolls currently. Ugh. Okay. So, that's that's the end of the bandit. Okay. So, next is the adventurer. So, draw three cards face down. Kablunk. 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 Okay. So, an adventurer finds you while exploring the dungeon. Okay. Uh, and throws you into their sack. The adventurer lives an unusual life. Um, you're reading about it now because they stored you with their journal. Well, this is going to be a repeated thing. If they haven't started exploring dungeon fighting monsters, who would the adventurer been as dead? Describe the safe life they gave up to start adventuring. What's your opinion of their choice? <laughs> okay, so I have a thing called unholy strength. Uh, you know, it's a guy with like a pentagram and he's all like, yeah, I'm getting all tight and all ripped up. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, so if he hadn't become an adventurer... Um, you know, uh, he would still belong to the evil, uh, he would still belong to the, uh, the evil cult, um, who he was kind of serving and with, um, but he wasn't like, like part of like the, the higher levels of the cult. He was basically the guy who, um, you know, cleans the bathrooms and, you know, mops the floor after the sacrifices, um, you know, and has to hose down, you know, the sacrificial altar, um, you know, who goes to feed the monsters in the basement, um, and kind of, you know, he would have just basically lived his life, um, in this cult up until, uh, you know, it got raided by a group of, uh, like do-gooders and like everybody was slaughtered um he probably been taken to prisoner um you know but eventually kind of uh you know 
pardoned uh, by kind of some local nobility that said, like, you know, kind of trying to show how, like, just they are and kind of pardon some low-level kind of flunkies, um, you know, and would have, you know, basically kind of lived his life, you know, basically on the street, you know, kind of wandering around as, like, basically kind of a vagabond, kind of, you know, walking from city to city, getting some food and just kind of, you know... In, enjoying life not really doing much you know he lived in a cult forever he doesn't really have any useful skills except cleaning so you know he does odd jobs every now and again uh but 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 yeah that's all that's all he really does he just kind of becomes a boring guy for adventures but he didn't he ended up uh kind of escaping from the cult because he got because uh, basically one of the creatures got out and killed a bunch of um his fellow like flunkies and he decided i don't know if i want to do this and he he fled and then got into the adventuring game so another, another, so the second part of this, another sentient consumable item just tumbled the adventurer's bag. Until now, you've had nobody to talk with. Who is the item? And what do you want to discuss? Okay, let's see what it is. Okay, soul exchange. Oh, boy. Uh, okay, so this thing is a, some type of, like, lich's phylactery. Um, and the phylactery is like, but like, hey, how's it going? You know, I'm a, how are you, what are you doing? Be like, well, I'm a, I'm a spell scroll. You know, I like to, you know, I got like magic stuff. He's like, me too. He's like, I'm a, you know, uh, you know, I got a soul of a lich in me. And it's like, oh, that's very interesting. And they talk about like what it's like being a lich and, you know, how powerful it is. And, and, uh, you know, he's feeling really insecure about himself because he just got a couple of spells in, in the phylactery. He says like, oh yeah, you know, I've got this awesome power, you know, of the soul of a person in here, you know, and a person can never die and I was like wow that's great and it's kind of you know he's, he's a little bit inadequate but he's also like feeling like well you know maybe I could be more maybe I could be more than just a scroll you know there's this other magic item which is like super powerful and like super useful and like actually people like care about it like it seems like the lich really cares about this phylactery when you haven't really been cared about too much by anybody else you just kind of passed around and nobody really pays you no mind or even kind of you know, seems to want to be around you. So, and also the underneath of all of this is this like kind of deep longing to be loved and to be cared about and to like, you know, have like a purpose. Cause right now you're just kind of, I don't know what I'm going to be. I'm just a, kind of hanging around. Okay. So the adventure has built, so this is the third part. The adventure has built a fire and is taking a snack break, interrupting your conversation with the other consumable item. The adventurer takes you out of the sack, reads you carefully, and takes note in the margins of one of your spells. Let the tarot card inspire your adventure margin notes and write them next to the spell scroll. How do you feel to be scribbled on? Okay. And it is another unholy strength. Um, yeah. So, like, he's reading it, um, and he's like, he's like, huh. He's like, well, these must be like, uh, like, uh, like, I don't know, like, evil magic or something. So he's scribbling on the side, like, you know, evil magic. He's like, he's like... You know, transform water to sludge. He's like, I don't know, like water spell, um, waste and disease. He's like, you know, death spell. And then he kind of monsters transformation. He's like, ooh. And because I picked up another holy strength, he's like, cool strength spell. And like with an exclamation point. Um, and it feels good to be written on. It feels good to like, because the only person that ever written on you was the witch. And that was the only one she created you. And since then, nobody's really done anything with you. You know, just kind of, you know, you're thinking about, is that, is that what I'm here for? You know, to, to, uh, you know, have people, uh, you know, write on me and, um, you know, uh, use for other things. Maybe I could be used for something more than just the spells I'm, I'm used for. That could be interesting. So he's really kind of, um, you know, kind of liking this. So the dungeon. All right. This is the third part. So. Um, get your mattress, lighter, and a fire poop bowl ready if you're playing with fire. We're not playing with fire right now um, because I didn't read this ahead of time and I wanted to kind of get this fresh so I didn't know we need like a bunch of props. Otherwise, I might have done that. So, um, draw three face down cards. Okay. Boom. 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 Okay. Uh, these three cards represent the monsters they face in the three final areas of the dungeon. All right, so he's going down the dungeon. Um, so... Let the cards inspire the monster's behavior. The mon so, like examples, the monster pretends to be friendly before attacking. The monster enters a enter enters into and spookily possesses items in the dungeons, such as lanterns, old bones. The monster wields a giant weapon twice its own size. In each area of the dungeon, the adventurer will need to either cast a spell from your scroll or you or use the new consumable companion to defeat the monsters. If the adventurer uses the consumable companion, the item is gone forever. Write how you feel about this loss. Ooh, okay. If if to have the adventurer cast a spell from the scroll, rip the piece of paper off your body and burn it. 
or rip into pieces if you're not playing with fire. I could rip into pieces. This means that using the, uh, the middle spell will also expend the bottom spell, and using the top spell will expend all three spells, so order matters. Oh my goodness. Okay. Interesting. I didn't see that coming. Uh, uncover the card one at a time and act out any of your spells from the scrolls and write what happens in your journal. Whenever the adventurer casts a spell from your scroll, answer this question. How do you feel about used in combat? Hmm, okay. So the dungeon outcomes. Um, uh, okay. Okay, so yeah. So this is this, so this is what... Uh, so, okay. So, so the first monster is a... Ooh, mind stab throw. Uh, okay. So yeah, it's this gross-looking person with like a sword, like it's like an old man, but he's also like juicy and like kind of dripping. Okay. So, so yeah. So he, uh, so he encounters this uh, like old man in a dungeon. He's like, well, how how are you doing? Um, and the old man kind of, uh, kind of, you know, smiles, and then he leaps kind of out of his cloak, and he's all covered in sores, and he immediately begins like, like attacking him. Um, but before kind of he thinks uh, that of the. Uh, the kind of the the monstrous transformation spell um and he grabs it out and he casts it on the person turning him into this horrific monster like twice in size his muscles bulge his face extends he gains claws uh but he also uh, gains control over him uh you know and he's like and he's like oh he's like oh this is awesome like you follow me yeah he's like uh in fact he didn't he didn't really understand magic so he thought he was casting it on himself to give himself like awesome strength but he turned him into a monster um you know, which is just as good. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, that's the f that's the first one. Uh, so let's see, uh, let's see, what do you mean with this? Okay, uh, let's see. Adventure. Okay, so let me read this again. So I gotta, cause this is it, this is kind of the end game right here, and we'll see how this plays out at the end. So if we run out spell scrolls from your scroll, um, and use the other consumable item before it's the third area, uh, they die in the dungeon. You remain there. Write your feelings there, then proceed to the ground. Uh, okay, so, um, so we're in, like, the third area, okay, so, okay, so, so, okay, so we'll see where things are going, so he's got this giant guy, um, and then he's got an armor throw, oh, okay, so this guy's not looking juicy at all, but kind of got some weird armor and doing, like, a, like, a weird dance pose looking thing, um, so he comes, they kind of go down the dungeon, it's dark, and, you know, it's, like, got the lantern out, and, um, like, looking around, and then, like, out of the dark, there's a hallway, this thing runs at him, um, uh, you know, he orders, uh, you know, his, uh, his, his, like, awful thing to begin, like, fighting it, and they begin, like, fighting, um, you know, the, the giant monster thing is not as strong as they think it would be by his size, because it looks like the armor throw is, like, handily, uh, defeating it, uh, okay, uh, let's see, okay, so then he, uh, so, he, yeah, he, the, 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 uh, the, the giant armored-looking thing is, is killing this bigger monster, and he's like, well, maybe the spell isn't, isn't good enough, so he uses, like, the, the death spell, which is the wasting disease, and he casts it on the armored thrall, and, and the thing just immediately bursts out, and his flesh falls to pieces, and he just, like, like, it tries to scream, but he's like, because the flesh falls off his throat, and he just, you know, falls to the ground like a heap of meat, uh, uh, you know, and, and the, the adventure's like, oh my goodness, that is, that was awesome. This is awesome scroll. But the scroll is, is like feeling terrible about the things that he's doing. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to transform people into monsters or, or kill people. Um, but he can't do anything about it. And he, 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 he hates it. Um, so he begins to move like down, down into the dungeon. Uh, and then, uh, him to, him to Tora. Uh, is there, yeah, Torak. So, like, there's a bunch of people, like, standing around, like, this, uh, like, looks like pool or something, and they're, like, feeding energy into it or something. So, yeah, so he gets down, and he finds this, uh, like, a bunch of wizards chanting this, this cult over this pool of water, and, like, it's beginning a glowing with, like, like, you know, energy, and, and, you know, and, and they're, and they're, like, feeding themselves into it. So he's like, I got the perfect spell for that. Um, it also looks like, you know, he's like, hey, wizards got money, like, yeah, so he transforms the water to sludge. 
And he turns that nice pool of water that was crackling energy into, like, you know, a horrible sludge-filled thing, which immediately causes uh, the people to start, uh, like, freaking out and screaming uh, because they start, like, decaying and getting old, like, like zombies. And, like, they're like, Aah! you know, it can barely stand up. Think of, like, um, uh, you know, uh, um, not Temple of Doom, uh, Ra uh, uh, Raise of the Lost Ark. Oh, my, Last Crusade. Um, you know, where he drinks poor, you know, he chills poorly. It's like that. And he just quickly walks up and just dispatches them with, like, some kind of weapon, and they all, like, are dead. Um, okay. Okay, so let's see. Uh, in the adventure, both runs out of spells from her scroll and uses up the other consumable. Okay, if the adventure uses up the scrolls in the second area, nope. If the adventure uses up your scroll in the third area, the exit the dungeon, they throw you in the trash. Proceed to the trash. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Okay. So, answer your journal. What's it like to be in the trash? So, uh, so draw one card. Oh, that's sad. Um, uh, answer, answer your journal. What is it like to be in the trash? How does it feel to be victorious, yet still used up and thrown away? Proceed to the epilogue. Okay. So, um, so the tarot card is, uh, you know, this, it says armor thrall, but it is a different picture. It's like this gross looking monster thing that looks like puking up water or something. Okay. So like he throws it in, like he gets out of the dungeon and like, and you know, just basically, you know, throws it in uh, like a pile, like refuse on his way out, you know, just like, oh, like, oh good. I'm glad that scroll was helpful and throws it out. He's like, wait, but wait, we were, we were, you know, we, I, I was, I was helpful. You know, I, I helped you, but it seems like you, you don't, you don't care about me at all, you know, um, and it's, and, and it's, and the adventurer grabs out, you know, the phylactery and he's looking at it and he's, he's talking about like, you know, how much money he's going to sell this for, you know, and all this stuff. And, and you realize just how kind of, um, uh, useless it is. And even though you were victorious, you were used up and thrown away, there's a profound sadness that, you know, even though you, kind of did what you were supposed to do you did what you were made for um kind of in the end it didn't it didn't matter and you were thrown you were thrown away anyway um and forgotten uh you know it's just really sad and then as the you know the, the adventurer walks away it gets really silent and then you know there's nothing you're just in a pile of like old broken pottery and stuff um and you're hoping beyond hope that you know someone else will come and pick you up and, and care about you so let's talk about the epilogue, because this is getting sad. This is getting big time sad. All right, so, ooh, let's just see. So draw one card. Ooh, okay. Um, what uh, what do you suppose happened to all those people who carried you, and how do you feel about uh, not knowing? Based on your experience with humans, try to imagine what it's like to be human. How is it similar and different, better and worse than being a spell scroll? Okay, so I got the... Leshrac sigil, which is like this kind of uh like sigil looking thing with this gross bird thing in the past. It's very kind of a little bit stylized, a bunch of like crazy writing on it. Okay, so what how do you suppose so what do you suppose happened to all the peoples who carried you? Like who knows about the witch? I mean the witch is probably living kind of, you know, her best life. It's like, you know, and you secretly hate her um deep down, but actually desire her to be to be loved by her because she's the person who created you but then like discarded you like some kind of um deadbeat parent who had you and then abandoned you. So you, f you just feel betra like betrayed, but you still the scr scroll still wants to kind of uh make them proud or kind of is still happy in a way that they were used for the way that the the witch created created it to be um you know you don't know what happened to the bandit uh you know you're hoping that he got away and was able to pay off the wizard um you know he didn't seem like a really terrible guy but you know he still was a bandit so you're just kind of like eh, you don't really really care what happened to him um you had the adventurer um you, you felt really kind of good to be used, but at the same time, you felt kind of dirty because you did hurt people. You didn't want to get hurt people. You really wanted to, like, help people. Um, you know, so it's really conflicting emotions. Uh, but at the same time, you also feel like, you know, 
it's like a second betrayal. The person who found you um, was going to use you, then threw you away when he was done using you up and wasn't uh, didn't really care about you for who you were. You know, you wished you could be something like a phylactery where someone would care about you and take care of you, uh, you know, instead of, you know, just using you up. Um, so you feel just this profound amount of sadness about this. Uh, based on your experience of humans, try to imagine what it's like to be human. How is it similar and different? Better or worse than being a spell scroll? Okay, so 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 what the scroll comes out of this is he thinks humans are awful. Just the worst. He would never want to be a human being. Human beings are do nothing but betray people. They use them up um, and then throw them away um, when they're done with them. They don't care about anything but themselves. Um, they're selfish, awful creatures. Um, and honestly, he thinks that kind of, um, you know, that even though he is discarded in a bunch of refuse pile um, in a dungeon floor, um, you know, secretly he's he's using this to kind of buffer the immense sadness that he would rather be this than be a human being. And he would rather kind of, you know, be here in a pile of junk than to be human because to be a human is to be worse. Uh, but 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 secretly he's just using this to kind of buffer his his hurt and his pain from being, uh, you know, abandoned. And yeah, and then he kind of basically lives his life out on the dungeon floor as a scrap of paper, probably to be gathered up and used as a torch or written on by another adventurer or who knows. So yeah, so that was uh that was that was actually pretty that was actually pretty sad uh, uh of, of a game about uh, being a spell scroll. I, I like that. I, I really, really like that feel of that. I mean it was a little bit repetitive where kind of it asks you the same thing about you know, what would their life be like? But, you know, that's kind of fun, too. So that's a very minor thing. I really like this game. This is a, this is a fun one. Because you don't really think about, like, you know, you fight the item in a magic dungeon. It's like, oh, I got a plus one ring of protection. Awesome. And it's like, what do you do when you get a plus two ring of protection? I sell that plus one ring of protection. Or I give it to some flunky. Or, you know, I just, you know, if I am super rich, I just, you know, just get rid of it. I don't care. You know, I'll sell it to somebody for like two gold. You know, it's like this very ultra selfish type of thing because you don't really see these things as having anything except, you know, they're objects. So yeah, that was a really fun game. Um, hope you enjoyed it. So uh, kind of, we'll, I'll get to the next one, uh, which I think will be Drawing Dead like next time. So, or the other ones, I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, um, I'll read a little, I'll read a little blurb as like the end about it. So, uh, let's see. So let's give a little blurb to uh, Lucius Khan, um, is a game designer of Visigoths versus Mogoths. Oh, uh, uh, that's a game about like, it's a weird dating sim game. It's, 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 it's very strange. It looks really interesting. Um, Dead Friend, a game of necromancy. And if I were a lich, man, and co-creator of Honey and Hot Wax, an anthology of erotic art games interesting um, his works feature the museum of the moving image exhibit gameplay between fantasy and realism and is a, his awards and honors include igdn indie groundbreaker award winner for most innovative indicade nominee for live action and the ennies nominee for best writing um uh, he is trans jewish and a gay coded villain uh, follows game design updates um and i actually uh at bit.ly slash lucian games um, and his Twitter at uh, O underscore the Ogany. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that was actually pretty fun. Um, I like that. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll get next one for uh, you know, hopefully uh, the next one won't be as tremendously sad as this one. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a lot of these games end up pretty sad. So let's get a, let's get a nice happy one for next time. All right, folks. Uh, so next time, um, we'll see you later. Thanks for tuning in.